smash them physicality wise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind. This is season four, it is episode 26 and we are getting very, very close to the end of season four and the inter-county season with the All-Ireland Camogie finals up for discussion and review for this weekend coming. But before that, there was obviously finals that was going on last weekend as well. The two A and A Shield finals were being held in UPMC, Nolan Park. But in St. Brendan's Park in Burr, our neighbours in Carlow were taking part against Westmeath in the B Shield final. And I am delighted to be joined on the phone right now by one of the team management. And that is John Joe Martin. John Joe, how are you this evening? Good, thanks. Perfect. Well, thanks a million for joining me because I know that you're actually on holidays at the minute and I am disturbing that holiday, so I really do appreciate you taking the time out to have a chat with us here on Come On Kind. But what a weekend for yourselves and for the Carlow Under-16 team being crowned All-Ireland B-Shield champions after a stunning comeback against Westmeath in the All-Ireland final. I mean, it probably didn't go your way in the first half. Westmeath went in with the break uh, with a 7-point to 3 lead four points in it but you certainly pulled it out of the bag in the second half congratulations well done so tell us about the day overall um, it was a great win it was fantastic and just so delighted for all the players and parents and the county board and all the mentors that were involved um, we started off very very slow but as the game went on we worked and worked and worked and there was some ferocious tackles like Westmead could have even been more only the work of our our backs in that first half and we knew going in there we had a work out for us because we met Westmead earlier on in the year and they put up a score of 4-4 in one half to beat us by a point in the Leinster Championship so we had spoke about this in training and, and we knew that they could do that to us we were hoping they wouldn't but Listen, there was a heavy wind there as well and coming near the end of that half we um, we probably, there was one ball that should be probably let out and we didn't and it dropped into their number 15 and she buried it in the back of the net. So like they got 3-5 so like that was seven points they were up at half time but um, when the girls came in at half time so they did um, they were, it was like a whirlwind had hit him. I'd never seen him as quite. They sat down on the bench and they didn't even ask where we were going into a dressing room or nothing. So we left him alone a half time, so we did, just to catch their breath, so we did. And I'd say they were sitting down for maybe five minutes before they started talking to one another again. And as the management team, then Katrina, Karen, Lisa, and Tina, we had a discussion of what could we do. And it was nothing really we could do. We just had to trust in the players. and we had made two changes before half time with Kira Doyle and Roisin Joyce. And all through the year, the team knew that there would be more changes coming fairly quick in the second half that I've been using the panel the whole year. And um, so when the second half started in, Ellen Barris came in and Amy Doyle and what a start they had. And they just, oh, just took off like a train, so they did. And Westmead had no answer for us. And I was afraid then all along that... Um, to get a purple patch sort of wood and uh, we had spoke about that in training as well and we had worked out that Kay Colton would win into the midfield to help out because Amy Farrell and uh, Alice Dalton had done Trojan work in the first half so they done and I thought that Alice Dalton then 
in the second half I thought overall Alistair had a, a, a great game so she had and showed great heart but listen when we got to run on him then uh, Roisin Joyce just took off as well and Amy and Ellen Marish and then it was easy for me then after that we brought in the rest of the panel so we did brought in another force up so we did Kalesh Maya, Rachel and Ava and uh, that's what we've been doing all year so just put the trust in the girls and uh, they showed up my apologies, I was just looking at the, the Twitter account here and that's why it did have the half-time score, one, four to three points and I thought going into the early in the second half then that Westmeath was after getting the run on you to go seven, eight points ahead at one stage so that was actually even before half-time which makes the comeback even more special in the second half but you really did work your socks off because I think by the third quarter and 15 minutes into that second half he actually went ahead of Westmeath and got the scores ahead and he certainly pushed on then from there right until the very end and I think once you got ahead there was certainly no stopping you because it was a severe comeback a great turnaround in the second half like it ended up 4-12 to 3-6 or 24 points to 15 so the girls showed real character John Joe in the second half to come away with that victory They did and um, I was expecting more from Westmead I thought that they would have had their purple patch but like I said we had kind of planned for that in training and and, um, Dick, uh, I looked at one stage and I see we had they had moved their forwards up to help out the, the the pressure that they were feeling so they were but it wasn't until the game was over and even the next day that I realised that they only got one point in that second half so like it was phenomenal it was you couldn't ask for more for our players but this, that team showed signs all year that of what they could do and different players showed up in different games and just on the, the, the day of the final everyone seemed to turn up and it was fantastic yeah, I mean, it has been a good year for these girls all round. I mean, they had a good Leinster campaign as well um, with that last day in uh, Fenna. You know, they really put in a, a real good performance there. If I'm not mistaken, it was against Kildare in the final as well, um, coming away with the victory in it. I mean, the other team that was there with the, the Bees at the under 16 played really, really well um, as well. So, I mean, you have a great group of girls and a good core that was there to be able to put a panel together for the all Ireland series. And it certainly has worked, but there, there's tremendous work going on in the background not just with the 16s but the minors have had a good campaign as well this year the intermediates uh, you know the, they won the uh, the league final beating Armagh in it you know they, they were probably unlucky in the group they were in in the championship with Derry coming to town and giving them a big beating in it. but there's a lot of work going on in the background to make Harlow to progress those few little steps every single year and you can see it John Joe they're increasing in confidence year in year out yeah, well, it's down to the county board. Like, there's great work being done and great encouragement from the county board. Like, this is the first year, I think, under 16, that there were two panels. And Anthony and Davy and Agnes, they took care of them for us. And, um, like, two panels then, like you said, for us to pick uh, 26 out of that, it was a tough job in the beginning. But once we got going with them, we were flying it. But, um Margaret and Linda and Noel like you couldn't ask for better in the county board they, they, they just anything you ask them and, and, and it's done and it's there and great communication between management and, and and the county board so listen yeah well it's not only that though you go back then to all the clubs in Carlo these girls had to start somewhere and they started with their clubs and all their management team and their clubs and they were ready for us when we took over and then the under 14 development we had three teams in that under 14 development and there was girls from all three teams on that panel, which is great because that just shows how much they've come on. And 
at this world just this year, like last year, Brian Lawler and Van Cavanagh took over as well, and they had done under fifteen development. So it's thanks to everybody. It's, it's just it's just everything coming together on the day. So it is just brilliant. Well, it certainly is great to see Carlo up there in lights and doing so well. You might be able to answer a question for me because I have been trying to find this all day even going through my emails. But the win now in the All-Ireland B Shield competition, does that mean that you get to progress up to the A Shield competition next year or uh, do you have to stay where you are in the, the B competition again for next year? That's a question above me now, so it is. We'll have to, <laughs> have to ask the county before that's why you will. It was birthday on Saturday and I just was so delighted for her. She does so much work for everyone and it was a great birthday present for Linda, so it was. It certainly was and I actually saw the video afterwards of uh, all the players and that singing happy birthday to her. I think she was a little bit mortified but uh, you're dead right and I uh, echo all the sentiments around the, the work that Linda, Mag and indeed Noel um, puts in as well as all of the county board officers in Carlow. So yeah, she's a great woman and uh, a great birthday present as you said for her and I will certainly ask her the question uh, the next day that I see her about that as well. Just thought that you might know off the, the top of your head. John Joe, it has been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you on Come On Kind this evening well done to yourself all your backroom team and every one of those players on a fantastic achievement in getting uh, an All-Ireland title at the end of it because as you know a bit of silverware at the end of the year for any kind of a player you know especially an All-Ireland title as well it gives the girls a great bit of confidence going in not only to next year but certainly into their club championships which uh, I'm assuming is almost in full flow and Carlo at the minute as well and that'll certainly uh, bold well for the clubs to have their players back with uh, joyful spirits when they go into the, the championship proper themselves Yes and uh, I just said to one of the players coming off uh, when we're getting off the bus and saying goodbye to him that we're back enemies now again so we are the next time <laughs> so, yeah it, it, does, it goes that way yeah it was great to see in, in the training and that and they all getting together and I tell you they were hitting one another hard in training they were all fighting for their starting place on that team and then to together so well in that final and now to go back to their clubs yeah and they'll be back battling with one another again yeah, yeah they will but that's what makes the, the GA and the Camogie unique is you can be friends one day and you can lock seven lumps of you know what out of one another the next day when you go and meet one another on the pitch um, and that's what makes it so special and we wouldn't have it any other way John Joe Martin manager of the Carlo under 16 team congratulations once again thanks a million for joining us on Come On Kind and enjoy the rest of your uh, evening and your holiday and the remainder of the year as well okay thanks Martin Perfect. Good man. Thanks, John Joe. that I am joined in studio by Anya Farrell who was actually out with a match this evening. She is moonlighting, multi-jobbing this evening. First of all, well, how did the match go? We won, thank God. Yeah, good win. Trying to prepare now for an under-13 hurling championship in a couple of weeks' time. So it's great fun. That's going to be fun, yeah. all right. <laughs> right, we are... Right. Ooh, me, uh, me headphones are uh, bobbing in and out here on me so um, that could cause me a little bit of a problem. Um, we're going to stay with the under-16 championships because as you heard there from... John Joe Martin it was a fantastic victory for Carlo um, up against Westmeath um, 
brilliant uh, interview Anya great for John Joe and the team brilliant for Carlo to come away with a piece of silverware at the end of the year as well yeah. and to come back from being 3-5 to one something down at half time because the Twitter feed is all over the place Four, but four, yeah. The, yeah there were 9 or 10 points down like at, uh, or near enough to it at half time and to come back and in the manner that they did I mean I just said it to John Joe as well the character they showed mm-hmm. to do that phenomenal achievement for that group of players Yeah and you know what at under 16 level when you have a group of players that sh- group of players that show that sort of resilience to come back I think was it 4-12 to 3-6 the, the, the finish the Yeah you're score, spot on yep. you know, So like Westmead only scoring a point in the, in the second half and I suppose Carlo really you know throwing everything throwing the kitchen sink and, sink and everything at Westmead you know it's it's a huge performance for them and you know like Carlo Camogie is going in it's in a really really good place at the moment we've seen that their intermediates had won the league at the start of the year their minors mm-hmm. had a relatively decent championship as well and they're under 16 so obviously winning the And John Joe has put all that down to the work that's going on in the background with all of the county board as well which yeah. they are putting in place the structures which is brilliant to see yeah, really, really good to see. And I suppose, listen, that's where the, that's where you know the success is built. It's it's at the grassroots of everything. It goes from the clubs and then into the county board. And I suppose it's the measures and the plans that are being put in place to develop Camogie, not just in Carlow, but for every county board. I suppose they're trying to do the same. And you know, it, it's really, really good to see. And it's only going to prom- promote the game even further. It's going to bring on the skill and the talent, you know, throughout the country as well, which is really, really good to see. But I'm delighted for Carlow. We don't often hear of them getting that no. much silverware. So you know, it is. It's really, really good from their point of view to be winning that bit of silverware and it's just going to propel them onto the next level we've seen what it's done in Wash for Camogie mm-hmm. you know and you know this is this is a stepping stone <laughs> a stepping as well stone instead yeah. right yeah uh, right we're going to stay with the B competition at the minute because obviously the cup final was on as well and that was Derry and Kildare number one after all the hardship that was in Kildare over the year and not being able to fulfil uh, an adult team in the competition great to see the under 16s getting to an All-Ireland final unfortunately for them they came up again a very strong Derry team mm-hmm. and we seem to be saying this a lot about Derry lately yeah. but they did win a 318 to 2-6 so good win for them and that'll give the county a boost going into this weekend into the All-Ireland Intermediate Final Yeah it certainly will um, you know like a really really good score but again just to reiterate your point there really good to see Kildare competing at it and getting into an All-Ireland Final as well it's going to give you know a real boost to Kildare Camogie a boost I think they certainly do need at the moment as well um, and you know what you know every other team would only give anything to be in that situation to be competing in an All-Ireland Final but again yeah, Derek Camogie. You know, it's it's a trend that we're seeing. Teams that are doing well at adult level, they're starting to do well at underage level as well. And it's really good to see for the counties. You know, we look at Cork there, they've had a couple of wins over the weekend too. And, you know, they're seniors in an all Ireland final as well. So, you know, you can see that the work has really been put in at underage level. They're developing it then onto adult level. Like, and I suppose success breeds success. It and when you certainly see does. counties succeeding, it's only going to bring on everybody else in abundance as well. Yep. Yeah, well, talking about success. Success. We had a very successful day in UPMC Nolan Park last Saturday when we hosted the under 16A and the A Shield finals. That was on the first one was at half past two. That was Antrim and Clare. And for a game that was pretty slow to start in what was almost perfect conditions, um, I think both teams were a bit tentative with one another. Clare came out on the victory and on the winning side of it, one eight to ten points or eleven points to ten, a one point in it. The only way I could describe this game is probably 
probably like the senior football final in Crow Park yesterday where Kerry had an amount of chances mm. they didn't take it Dublin took theirs Dublin were crowned champions a little bit like this and this is not taking away from the Clare win yeah. but Antrim certainly had their chances to win the game they didn't take them Clare did and Clare are All-Ireland A Shield champions so well done to Clare and again we don't say that very often mm-hmm. about a Clare team mm-hmm. so great to see them doing so well um, and I know Joe O'Donnell who's the Clare chairman was absolutely delighted leaving UPMC at Nolan Park on Saturday and why wouldn't he be because those girls really did put in a brilliant performance um, at the weekend uh, in what was much better conditions than what we were there the week before so well done to Clare well done to Antrim as well because they really added to a, a great spectacle um, and then to the A Championship final which was between Cork and Galway and again a one point victory is always in this and it was Cork who again came out on a winning side against Galway in UPMC Northern Park so well done to Cork mm-hmm. but I mean we've been saying this I mean the the, the standard of Camogie this year has been exceptional yeah. there is no team as such when they get to a final at the high standards mm-hmm. that's really going away and beating one another um, by 15, 16 or more points Yeah, there are only one or two points between them Yeah and it's, it's really good and I suppose the guy gap is I suppose kind of closing in on the, the so-called stronger counties as well at all age levels too like okay I know we've seen like Cork and Galway competing in under 16 All-Irelands you know consistent, consistently I suppose for the last couple of years All-Ireland semi-finals finals but you know I suppose when it comes down to nail-biting games like that and you know it, it's it's a huge win for Cork going in again next weekend as we mentioned Clare got a win over Antrim they've got a junior All-Ireland as well this weekend I can't reiterate it enough success breeds success so I think you know for anybody wondering like how are these teams doing it you have to you have to really look at your underage squad and make sure that they're succeeding in order for your adults team to be succeeding as well and vice versa too it's it's really important for the county as a whole to be, as a whole because it gives everyone such a lift You heard the GA pundits in the Sunday game and everyone that's writing on the paper and the commentary I suppose that's going on between Munster Hurling and mm. Leinster Hurling we're now having this discussion in Camogie between Munster Camogie, mm-hmm. Leinster Camogie, teams doing well. You take six teams in the All-Ireland final yeah. that's playing this weekend and out of those six teams, there is one Leinster team yeah. and one Ulster team mm-hmm. and, and that's four <laughs> Munster teams. Yeah. And are, we, are we going down this road with the, the debate of uh, whether Munster or Leinster, the, the, is Munster Camogie now better than Leinster Camogie in a way? I know I'm putting a tough one there yeah, on you now. Do you know what? I like like I, I can understand where people are saying like, you know, Monster Hurling is better than Leinster Hurling, but I don't know if it I think it's just that it's just it's a different style of Hurling, I personally think. And I think, you know, it's very hard to say that it's better when, you know, it, you just have, it's a different competitive edge. It's a different competition. Like, you know, we heard nothing throughout the month, throughout the summer campaign there when it comes to Hurling. Now, I'll, I'll start with first, that it was all Munster Hurling. They were looking at a, a Limerick Clear All-Ireland final. But, you know, Kilkenny were still in an All-Ireland final. Last time they I checked, were. they were sitting firmly in Leinster. Do you know, like, I think, I think, it probably I think th- I think there is probably a lot more teams in Munster that are more competitive with each other than there are in Leinster mm-hmm. and I think that's where everybody's kind of getting this from oh like you know Munster hurling is better I'm not necessarily I'm not saying it's better I'm not saying it's it isn't better 
I just think there's it's a more competitive at Munster level because there's more teams that are nearly all up to the same level as opposed to what's in what's in Leinster at the moment. And I think when you kind of look back, and this is no, it's no disrespect to any team in Leinster when it comes to Camogie either. You know, Kilkenny have certainly been the pivotal team um, in in Leinster for Camogie for I don't know how many years now at this stage. And I is that a little bit of an issue? Because and this is no again, this is no disrespect to anybody hurling mm. or Camogie end of things. But when you look at the Kilkenny hurlers mm-hmm. and the way that they progressed through Leinster this time, okay, yeah. you have Galway mm-hmm. in Leinster. Okay, that's a different debate altogether. But yeah. they're there, you know. Um, they were the two best teams in Leinster by a cricket mile yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. You know, or Kenny won it with the, the last puck of a ball. Basically, Galway could have been the Leinster champions. Yeah. You go through Camogie though, and Kenny have now won four in a row Leinster titles. And really, the only one who has put it up to Kenny in any way at all at all in the, the last couple of years has been Dublin. Yeah. They have been the second best team in it. And when you go and you look at Dublin's record in the championship, and this is not baiting down Dublin now mm-hmm. either, don't get me wrong on it. Yeah. But like there is a huge gulf that seems to be there between there the teams at the minute in Leinster. Yeah. I feel that when it comes to Camogie, I feel like the interprovincial championships. Now, I don't want, and I'm not disregarding the interprovincial championship at all. Like it's a huge, huge honour to win a Leinster and Munster title. It, it absolutely is. But I feel like it's a stepping stone for championship. Yeah. Um, but it's because really it has no bearings on the championship. No, but it does give, and you've said this mm. before, it does give you momentum and it builds yeah. momentum going into the championship. Yeah. Like it's so hard to win an intermediate championship. You know that yourself. Yeah. You've been manager, you've tried. It is, yeah. You know, you got there once, mm. um, you know, it, that's once out of so many years. Yeah. The intermediate grade is a lot more competitive it is. in Leinster than what the senior grade yeah. is. And I've been saying this for years and I even think that the Intermediate All-Ireland Championship is a lot more competitive than the senior. And and again, please don't get me wrong, and I, I suppose I, could, I just need to explain myself in this. When you're playing at intermediate level, you're coming up against some of the county's senior teams. Whereas for the likes of Kilkenny, it's their intermediate team. And I hate using this phrase, their second, their so-called second team, as they like to call it. But they have been, and Seamus Kelly has alluded to this. They were the only second team that was left in the last four of the intermediate order in this year. And I think like when you look at it, you know, I think when you look at it there, like it is a lot harder to win and to, you know, to win an All-Ireland Intermediate Championship than it is an All-Ireland. Now, it's, we all know it's very hard to win an All-Ireland Senior Championship. There's no, I'm not disputing that at all. But I do think the intermediate grades are a lot tougher because you do have a mix of the county, of county senior teams. Like you look at it, um, Derry is a senior team in their yeah, county. Have, Mead, have been, senior yeah. team, Westmeath are senior team. But you look at Westmeath West and Meath participate mm-hmm. in the Senior Championship yes. when it comes to gives them that edge I think but they're not competing again is my point so you're mm. dead right the intermediate grade is there and Westmeath meet Betham they're yeah. now in the All-Iron Final against Derry at the weekend we played Westmeath in the Senior Championship in the yeah. Interprovincials this year like, and we beat him comfortably enough in yeah. the end yeah. you know okay last year Westmeath did put it up to Kilkenny but mm. Kilkenny had a poor day yeah. at the office plain and simple Yeah, you know so there is a gulf there between teams that is competing at senior level and teams that is competing at intermediate level and that's no disrespect to anyone that's no. at the top like the Kilkenny's and the Dublin it's up to the rest to get up to that yeah. grade but like when you go to Munster mm. right you had Clare 
and Cork in the Munster final last year. You had Waterford beating Cork yeah. in the Munster Championship this year. Yeah. Tipperary beating Waterford in the Munster Championship. Yeah. Tipperary beating Clare then in the final yeah. of the Munster Championship. And you go to the All Ireland semi final and Waterford is beating Tipperary yeah. in the semi final. Like so, yeah. It just I, I I feel like when it comes to interprovincial championships, like I think it is it's a real um, and I think a lot of it is because it doesn't have a bearing on the All Ireland Championship. So are you seeing like a teams? True representation going into the going into a chat all I think you are. I I I don't necessarily know if you're getting a hundred percent of it. I think yes, they're fine tuning maybe the finer details of it, but I do think a lot of teams are certainly looking at it as in certainly more competitive games. Um, you know that would be one thing, but I do think the Munster Camogie Championship is a lot more competitive than the Leinster Camogie Championship. And again, no disrespect to any of the teams competing in Leinster Championship at intermediate or at senior level or even at junior level, but I do think it is a lot more competitive in the fact that there is it's it's nearly a toss to see who wins it every year. There's teams that are kind of coming in and coming out and you don't know what you're going to get with the likes of the Corks to praise the Waterford's Clares in it. But then you look at the All Ireland series going back with the last couple of years mm-hmm. and out of it there's one team out of Munster yeah. who's coming out of it and yeah. that has been Cork. Mm-hmm. Like it's either been Cork Galway or Kilkenny who has won the All Ireland final with the last number of years. Yeah. God, eight or nine years, I think. It's, it's age, probably really. more. Like yeah. I mean, they, they've been competing with one another like since 2000 and Okay, Wexford was there in what, 11, 12? Yeah, I think they I think won so. 11, 12, maybe that, yeah. 13. Um, no, they didn't win 13 because we were there in 13, weren't we? And Wexford didn't beat us. We were there. So you're looking at roughly from 2016 onwards that you have hmm. Kenny Cork and... Kenny Cork and Galway um, in the All-Ireland Finals. Mm -hmm. But I think that also goes to show that the gap is certainly closed on the, let's say the top three, top tier three, like, and, you know, I suppose for the latter, for the last couple of years, it really kind of has been at, and again, and I don't mean this in in any way. Uh, um, I don't mean to criticise anyone, but it's kind of nearly been a flip of the coin to see who was going to be in the top four, or who was going to be the fourth place team. You know, you've had like Walshford have been vying for a position there, Tipperary have been vying to Dublin. Well, were we, there we, at one we stage. Thought, yeah, well, when we played Dublin, and I said this to you mm-hmm. before, the day below in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick, that yeah. Dublin really, really pushes out to mm-hmm. us in. I, I'm not sure whether it's a quarter final or a semi final, but I really thought Dublin was going to push on from there. Yeah. You know, and progress that little bit more and they had good teams coming up the way and it seems to have had a slippery slope effect yeah. altogether because it seems to be backwards they're going we have mentioned Tipperary over mm. the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. that they are bordering being on the fourth team yeah. along with the top three as we were calling them at that stage mm-hmm. Tipperary are now seem to be sloping a little bit and that's probably no disrespect to them but Waterford is certainly climbing up the ladder yeah. to that spot of being in the fourth spot now within the country. Well, to be fair to Waterford, like they're more consistent, I think, than Tipperary at the moment. Like, okay, you could look at Tipperary this year, and I'll hold my hand up. Like, I would have favoured Tipperary to beat Waterford in the semi final. I really thought that this was going to be Tipperary's year. I thought they had a very good run in their in their championship campaign, and there was something different about them. There was a bit of a bite, a bit of an edge to them, and I felt like a lot of that had to go back to the way that I felt they knew that they didn't perform in last year's championship, and it kind of knocked them out of the top four position and let Waterford in. Whereas Waterford have maintained their consistency um, on the back of you know a, a good year last like you have to admit they did have a good year last year they, they got to an All-Ireland semi-final their first time in what 77 years or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be and then 
they capitalised on that this year. They went that one step further. They're now in an All-Ireland final. That bit of experience from exactly. last year stood to but them. But they've also, Watford haven't been afraid to bring in some new players as well. They're not afraid to use their minor players that have, you know, competed in a minor All-Ireland. So, you know, Watford are really kind of putting, you know, really putting it out there that they're going to have no fear going into this All-Ireland final, which I think is a really good thing. But it, it, it's good to see. It's great for Camogie to see different teams getting involved in All-Ireland finals but I think when you look at it all it all comes down to success has been bred throughout all the counties any of the counties that we see that are in All-Ireland finals they're underage are doing extremely well and I suppose that's a lot got to do with it but yeah like I do think there is a difference in competitiveness between the Munster Championship and the Leinster Championship certainly when it comes to Camogie you know it's I think Kilkenny are just remaining always going to be consistent at um, Leinster level but when it comes to Munster level it really is anybody's game Well talking about Waterford and how good that they have been approaching uh, the games coming up and even the semi-final I am delighted for the very first time to be joined on the phone line by the Waterford manager Sean Power Sean how are you this evening good sir? I'm very good indeed, Martin. How are you? Ah, absolutely fantastic. Thanks a million for joining us. I know you've been a, a busy man over the last hour taking phone calls um, and I haven't helped trying to get you on the phone line either. But I suppose it is a busy period for yourselves coming up. You had a fantastic victory over Tipperary in the All-Ireland semi-final two weeks ago in a very wet UPMC in Nolan Park. So first of all, how has the atmosphere been in Waterford over the last couple of weeks? Oh, it's been incredible since the semi-final. Well, actually, even in the lead in the semi-final, it's been very good. Uh, people are all very excited about the girls and and the uh, progression the squad has made this year. So it's been uh, it's been enjoy- enjoyable. Yeah, stressful, of course, but enjoyable. And uh, everyone seems to be rowing in behind the team in Waterford, which is brilliant for the girls because they do put a hell of a lot into it. So that's that's you know it's 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 nice to see that sort of recognition locally as around the te- around Waterford City and around West Waterford as well. It's brilliant. The sport is certainly there if you go by the numbers that came to the semi final in Kilkenny that day. I suppose a lot of people that listen to our podcast mightn't know exactly, but you are a former GAA coach with Waterford. You've been there with the minors, the under twenties before. You've transitioned I suppose into the camogie element of things you are involved obviously with camogie with your own club down in Mount Sion as well but I suppose when the opportunity did arise uh, last year for you to come in as the the manager and put a backroom team in place you obviously saw something there that you were able to jump at the chance Yeah of course it was something that um, myself and um, the camogie board over over the last couple of years have kind of We've we've had various conversations about it, and in previous years, Martin, there was elements of uh, I was either involved with another club team, or I was involved with Waterford, still with Waterford Hurlers, or I just hadn't capacity. You know, there was a few reasons why I I I, I didn't get involved at that sort of level before. But um, this year, I suppose sometimes the stars align, and you know, other commitments kind of. There mightn't be other, as, as many other external commitments I had this year as I had in previous years that allowed me the opportunity to, to take this aboard. And it was something that, you know, after the semi-final defeat last year, um, that we were all hurt by. It was something that I, I kind of looked at from a personal point of view and I thought that I might be able to help here. You know, there might be, I might be able to do something with these girls and just maybe <clears throat> bring this a little bit further forward if I could. Um, and and then the phone call came. So sometimes, uh, you know, these things are written in the stars, and all of a sudden it lined up nicely. And I and the management team that I want, the background team, were available to come and help as well. So it was brilliant. That's how it worked out. 
It certainly was. I suppose you've been looking at it from a point of view as well that you've been able to see in the background. I mean, the defeat to Dublin a couple of years ago in the, the league relegation final to put Waterford down. I suppose not a place that Waterford really wanted to be. You know, they were bordered and they were being one of the top four teams at that stage. But that certainly seemed to galvanise the team together because they came back stronger than ever. OK, they didn't have a great league campaign the following year because Wexford beat them. But this year at the start of it, there seemed to be a resilience there when yourself and the backroom team came in. And there's certainly a huge confidence within this squad as well because you had a great league campaign winning the Division 2B League. You're now back into the Division 1 next year. OK, the Munster Championship mightn't have went your way, but you probably learned more from that game against Tipperary, I think, in Munster than what they did for ye. And you certainly got your own back in the All-Ireland Centre semi-final when you did beat Tipperary would that be fair to say? I think it is fair to say yeah it's something that I mean you, you seldom go through a year where where nothing um, or everything goes your way it just you know sport just doesn't go like that unfortunately for you but um, we kind of we learned a hell of a lot from the Munster Championship as well and we were we were we were training away during and during the course of that particular part of the year as well. So we had we had a good block of training to get through, and that was that was part of the reason we we were where we were. That's at that stage of the year. Um, you know, the league was great. Uh, we had some we had some difficult games in the league. We had some stern enough tests, but there, there was a good resilience in in the group, and they they kind of when when a bit of pressure is applied to them they, they deal with it well and, and, and they know how to kick forward from that as well. So it's been a good year so far, very enjoyable. I, the squad seems to be enjoying it thankfully, which is which we must remember at the core of all these things is the main thing of course because that's the reason people participate in sport and you know, it, it must be about the fun element of it because uh, why are we here otherwise right ultimately you know so it's and, and you know and with that kind of comes the desire to push a bit further and I think that I think that they've think that the group kind of have absorbed the, you know the training regime we brought in and maybe different quirks that we my myself and my management team have to other previous management structures as well and I think they've they've, they've taken that aboard and uh, and so far it's been it's been worthwhile for them. You know, we've seen fitness improving, we've seen improvement in strength, we've seen skill levels increase. And so we're going the right direction, and, and they seem to be enjoying it as well, which is which is brilliant. You certainly have to enjoy sport and a lot of people forget that even when it comes to the competitive edge of it like Intercounty Camogie or Senior Harlan or even under 20s that you've been involved with as well for many years. Now I know Sean Curran is one of your backroom team as well and as you know I do an awful lot of refereeing down in Waterford with the Camogie as well so I've refereed matches that Sean Curran has been involved in with Liz Moore and she is a tough bit of stuff I can tell you on the field so I can imagine what she's like in the backroom pushing these girls on and trying to get the best out of them but also I mean, I can see the talent that has been there with a long time with Neve Rocket, Abby Flynn, Beth Carton, you know, Lorraine Bray, I have to say, is probably one of the best players that I've ever come across because she has such an engine on her, Sean. I don't know where she gets her uh, strength or her, um, her say from me on is the word I'm looking for. Say? Athleticism. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, because she seems to, from the first whistle right to the very last whistle, you rarely see her even trying to catch a breath. I mean, you really have a talented squad there. And that's only a couple of the names like that I would come across on a, a kind of a weekly basis, which it says, but from the goalkeeper, from Brianna right down to your corner forward, you have a very strong team there at the minute. 
Absolutely, you're you're absolutely right. And 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 in, from 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 my point of view, for Lorraine, I mean, Lorraine is a force of nature for someone who's so small in stature and I mean that with, with the greatest amount of love for Lorraine but she is just an incredible athlete uh, an engine that, that doesn't seem to run out no matter what is put in front of her um, she's tough as nails as well and she's you know in that in, the, in that middle third where it all happens you know the war ground if you want to call it in the, the battlefield in there where it all you know it all kind of begins and ends in there um, she's just one of those players that has that has that kind of what you need to to withstand that sort of pressure in that sort of environment as well, and ably supported throughout the park as well by you know as you as you mentioned all those people. But we have you know there's some other people as well that 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 are that are incredible as well like Vicky Falker as well, Kate Inches, you know Keely Corbett Barry is you know she's she's brilliant as well. Iona Heffern and um, you know we've so, and we've we've Rachel Welsh as well who's a young enough player as well she's probably our third year senior as well but she's still quite young Roshan Kerwin you know and he fits so that it just, Lorraine is Lorraine is Lorraine as we'd say here but she's she's well supported around the, the place as well by the other players and and, and one thing as well that we find that we've, we've we've developed a bit of depth this year with the squad as well which means that we've had We'd have numerous changes throughout different matches and throughout the league we kind of changed the team quite a bit and even throughout the championship we've been changing the team chopping and changing the team as necessary but uh, everyone seems to stand up when they're called upon to do the job and you know from from a manager's perspective like that's exactly what you want it's um, so far it's been going great yeah Sean, I suppose the last time that you were in Crow Park was last year for a semi-final but for an All-Ireland final it was back in 2015 when they played the intermediate final against Kildare this is a different step up now at the weekend it's 78 years since the team was there as a senior competitor in an All-Ireland final will the occasion, do you think that the girls are ready for this occasion coming because while 2015 was great for the girls I mean you know yourself when you're involved in the pinnacle of every age group and that is senior there's so much hype coming up the build up to it you have obviously your media days and you have your open day which you had last Thursday down in the SETU arena etc there's a lot of pressure on players going into an All-Ireland final how are these players going to deal with that do you think? Well, they, they seem to be dealing with it quite well, Martin. The only thing I would say about that is, and and this is where, this is where in Waterford we're kind of on a on a disadvantage. But unfortunately for us in Waterford, we don't reach many All Ireland finals in any code, right? Now, and I, I'm kind of saying that with a smile on my face because we don't, right? But at, at the same time, um, there's a huge kind of a wave of, of expectation and there's a huge wave of support you have and people manifest that in shaking your hand in the street or stopping you in the shop or stopping you in work and you know and it's it's genuine kind of good feeling that people want to they want to relay to you um, and, and like I suppose the way we, we've approached that is it, it, there's, there's no way you can avoid it so in a sense why not embrace it right now you know to try and lock players away for two weeks in advance of the All Ireland final is just it's just not it's not realistic, it's not practical. So what we've what we've decided to do is we've decided to embrace it and um and be practical about it and, and see where it brings us. There's a, there is a lot there is a lot of hype and there's a lot of expectation and there's a lot of extra bit that goes around this particular game. But they they seem to be handling it well so far. We've had 
I've kind of been through this myself um, in 2013 with the minors as well and on, on the biggest day of the lot which is the, the hurling final day as well um, you know so I've, I've kind of I, I know a little bit about the day itself <clears throat> all being a different code um, but it's I suppose to to look at what's obvious in, in your face and say well look we're going to try and avoid that it's just simply not realistic so what we've done if, if we've embraced it. and so far it seems to be working so there seems to be they seem to be enjoying it um, is one thing, but they also seem to be cognizant of the fact that there's a massive challenge ahead on Sunday and uh, and hopefully we'll be ready for it. Yeah, getting down to Cork as well. They've been there before, you know, the All-Ireland semi-final last year. Year girls played very well for the first 25, 26 minutes. Cork hadn't scored. Maybe should have pushed on that small little bit, but that experience certainly helped you this year when it came to the semi-finals because when you did get ahead, you really pushed on and kept Tipperary at bay and got over that line and I suppose got the monkey off the, the back as well, beating Tipperary in the quarter-final last year, you know, was the monkey gone off the back in Turles. Semi-final win this year, they're in the All-Ireland final, but it is Cork. Now, you did beat him in the Munster Championship, as myself and Anya was alluding to here earlier on. That's not going to say it could happen again, but these players are geared up for it. Cork are a very good team, but they are beatable. Yeah, I suppose the way we would look at it is, um, you know, um, and I've said this already, but um, if you were to ask, uh, ask Matthew Tom, uh, to me what he'd prefer, you know, he would prefer to lose an All Ireland, or sorry, he'd prefer to lose a Munster semi quarter final and win Beavis in the All Ireland final, or yeah. vice versa. You know what his answer would be? Um, like, it, it, how hard is it to beat a quality? set up like Cork twice in one year Chase is incredibly difficult you know it's you know it's really I mean the, in in one sense the odds are stacked against Waterford they absolutely are because this Cork outfit are they're solid out they're brilliant you know they are a fantastic unit you know strength and depth across the board um, you know huge skill sets you know uh, very physical, very fast as well, right? That's Cork, right? Now, we, we okay, we overturned them in Cork in the Munster Championship. Of course we did, and we were very happy with that because it showed progress. But this game would be entirely different to that. And, it, you know, that Munster Championship game, and I count for nothing really because Cork have pushed on massively since then. You saw them playing Galway. Galway were the favourites this year. You know, they comfortably beat Galway. If you want to look at it any other way than that, you know, I think... I think they, I think they were comfortably comfortable winners against Galway, and the huge battle they had against Kilkenny as well. So we see where Cork has gone from where we played them a few months back. You know, it's it's an entirely different game, different set of circumstances as well, and the prize is much bigger as well. So it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. But but uh, rest assured us. Uh, us beating Cork in the Munster Championship a few months back with stand for Little now Sunday Well you never know uh, lightning as they say can possibly strike twice but we'll just have to wait until Sunday to see how that is Sean Power Waterford Senior Camogie Manager a sincere thank you for joining me this evening on Come On Kind I know that you have a lot of work to prepare for and it's not easy to do these things especially the week of an All-Ireland Final and I really really do appreciate you taking the time out to have a chat with me here on Come On Kind this evening the very best of luck to you and the Waterford team in the All-Ireland final at the weekend the crowds is going to be massive I think you're going to have a huge crowd uh, behind you in Crow Park um, and I think that's guaranteed with ticket sales even going at the minute um, so yeah we, we wish you the very best of luck and you never know we might be able to be talking to the senior Camogie manager uh, after winning the title hopefully next week if that's possible um, and as I said we, we really do wish you the very best of luck in it and again thank you for joining me this evening 
You're very good, Martin. Thanks a million. I hope all I hope all of those things come true for my sake as well. So much appreciated, and keep the podcast going. It's good stuff. Excellent uh, audio for anyone who wants to listen. In. Thanks a million. Well, thank you very much. We do appreciate that. That was Sean Power there, the Waterford senior manager, joining me on the phone line there. And as I said, he's been on the phone with the last hour because we've been trying to get hold of him. So that'll tell you how busy he is. But he certainly is embracing um, an awful lot coming up to the weekend and I live right next door to Waterford and you know the hype that's down there on you is really unbelievable everybody is getting the, the flags out um, as you know I do a lot of refereeing in Waterford games have been called up but the, the games that we have been going to everything is the talk it's camogie 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 but look this weekend is a big day for the Camogie Association of Ireland it is the pinnacle when it comes to it it is All-Ireland final day and it does kick off at 10 to 1 um, with the junior final now for anyone that is going beware times have changed from the past um, so just be be very wary of that I turned off on you there for a second so I must turn it back on again um, so the junior final is getting underway at 12.50pm it is the meeting of Clare and Tipperary a bit of a novel pairing and I said this to Paula last week we were kind of expecting our man nearly to be in the final of the junior again this year yeah. it didn't happen Clare had a very good win over them and this really is a pairing that I couldn't pick the winner of this now to be fair but I'm going to ask you to pick the winner of it <laughs> of course you are um, yeah like listen I suppose when you look at both teams you're dead right everybody expected Armand to be in it I think from a, a neutral point of view we all wanted so badly to see Armagh win the All-Ireland this year because they've been through so much heartbreak over the last couple of years at this level. Um, and I think maybe that's something that probably went against them, you know, particularly in the All-Ireland semi-final. Did they maybe have, you know, this thing of like, listen, just, you know, we're there, just have to get over this. I think, you know, was it maybe, did did they take Clare for granted in, in that match? But I suppose, yeah, you're right, you know, a, a Munster pairing of Clare and Tipperary in this, probably something a lot of people wouldn't have seen. But to be fair to Tipperary, like they have been going very, very well at this grade. Yep. And, you know, you look at some of the, the, the players that they have and, you know, one, I suppose, you know, really kind of stands out to me and, She's definitely been a stalwart for Tipperary Camogie for as long as I can remember playing against Tipperary. Um, you know, I, I played with her, I played against her in college as well, Eva Malachny. You know, she's she's still there. She's still going. She's waiting for this All-Ireland title. And by God, I'd say if she doesn't get it this weekend, she'll absolutely crack. And, you know, she's put in an awful lot of work. And, she, you know, she can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's Silvermines is her club. And, you know, she she really has been a stalwart for her club, for her county. She's put in an awful lot of work throughout the years. She's super fit now. Like not saying she was never super fit, but she's brought. Uh, she's I kind know of what ad- you mean. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's adapted a new kind of, I suppose, regime to to her game as well. And you know. I think I I definitely think the experience alone that Tipperary have now they obviously have a good bit of youth in there as well. But I think when it comes down to it, I do think I'm going to edge this. I'm just going to edge it with Tipperary for so even for, for even Lockney's sake. I'm going to go with the Premier County. <laughs> Okie dokies. Well, the intermediate game is down for a two forty five p.m. throw, and again that is a slight change to what has been in previous years. And it is the Northerners versus the Leinster team. It mm-hmm. is Derry versus Meat, the only Leinster team that is left in the All Ireland competition. Derry beat us in the semi final. Yeah. Went to extra time. Beat us comfortably enough. 
off in extra time. We did say it at the start of the year that these are probably one of the favourites. Yeah. Is the favourite tag going to stick with them going into the final? Can they do it? Or can Meath cause an upset like they have done previously in All-Ireland Finals and get to the pinnacle again and bring home the Jack McGrath Cup? Who do you think is going to win it? Do you know what? I think it is. I think it's Derry's to lose at this stage. I really do. And that's, I'm again, I'm not being at all disrespectful for Meath, but I do think certainly, I think when you if you put Kilkenny aside at the start of the year, I definitely think Derry were kind of, in my mind, the ones that were going to be 100% competing in an All-Ireland final. Um, there's just something about them this year. They just, they're like a goal machine. And, you know, the only team I suppose that they haven't scored goals against was Kilkenny. And I suppose that came down to show like, you know, the, the ruthlessness of that game. And I think that game had a lot more tactics nearly than anything else in it. And, you know, they're, Derry, they're not afraid to take shots from far out. You know, they're physically a very, very strong team. But then when you look at Mead as well, so are Mead. Like, I think it's going to be a fair even match but I suppose me having that little bit of experience playing in Crow Park earlier this year am I right in saying that in the league? Uh, they play Kerry yeah, in the league Kerry final and them. Kerry beat them yeah. yeah and you know so they have that experience I suppose playing in Crow Park which is going to stand for them but then on the other side you look at like Eva Nicassidy there from Schlock Neil she's had all the experience in the world playing in Crow Park as mm-hmm. well winning all Ireland titles and something that Derry certainly aren't going to fear like you know the, the Surrey team have been to Crow Park before so they know what it's like on the big stage Um but I think when it kind of comes down to it, I do think Derry are going to edge this one. I I just feel like this is their year and I feel like they've really kind of, they've really put a massive effort this year and they've done an awful lot of homework on it. They've worked, you know, tirelessly behind the scenes and I suppose we can see that in their in their underage structure as well after winning the under 16 All-Ireland over the weekend. Um, but so I'm, I'm going to slightly give Derry the edge on this. Okay, and I think it'll be really good to see Derry win for Kilkenny Camogie as well, considering they beat Kilkenny in All-Ireland semi-final too. Well, it just goes to show that mm. we may have been there and yeah. how close it could have yeah, been exactly. for it. But, um, yeah, so you're giving the edge to Derry in the intermediate yeah. one. Well, as we heard from Sean there earlier on themselves, and I did try to get Matthew um, earlier on as well, but unfortunately he was pre-engaged today um, and to be fair, he wasn't taking any further uh, calls etc after which you can understand yeah. I mean it is it is a big weekend and they want to concentrate on getting the, the All-Ireland um, preparation right and to get everything right yeah. for the weekend and everyone's kind of probably pulling out some left right and centre and I suppose like that's part of the parcel of being a manager going yeah. into an All-Ireland going into you an All-Ireland final with podcasts yeah. the papers you, know, you like, have so, news yeah. etc and they have yeah. to know they have to I suppose like know when to say you have to say no yeah yeah, yeah. and because like you know they do have to focus on you know the, the task at hand and I suppose focus on the girls because you know it's not just I suppose they're probably maybe the spokesperson for the team at the moment and I'm sure like a lot of the players are probably getting phone calls and I'm I'm sure that's something that the managers probably don't really want either they want the girls to be just to, to be able to solely just focus on the game and, and especially from a Waterford point of view because they've you know none of these players have had this experience of playing in an All-Ireland final so don't you know there's people probably pulling at them left right and centre so you know it's it's certainly you know you wouldn't hold it against them for, for not doing for not um, wanting to have the chats but you know because it is a it's a it's a tough time it's a, a testing time for, for both teams you know in the run up to the final week of an All-Ireland final yeah, it certainly is. Well, I suppose it is the pinnacle. It is Cork and Waterford. It has a 5pm throw-in. It is a novel pairing. The last time that Waterford was in an All-Ireland final was 1945 and they were runners-up 
uh, that year and I can't even see who it was for it's actually Tantrum Antrim beat him in the final in 1945 you look at Cork Cork's last win was back in 2018 they have been in the final in 2015 16 17 18 21 and 22 out of all of those years um, so it's a while since Cork did uh, win the title it's even longer because Waterford has no win to their name but it is a novel pairing I think it's great for the Camogie mm-hmm. this year six brilliant six great teams six individual teams you know uh, the crowd I believe is going to be well in excess of 30,000 we may break the record going back to I think 2017 or 2019 where there was 33 uh, odd thousand at the Camogie I think we're going to break that this year to be fair but out of those two teams and you've heard Sean Power um, we know we've seen Cork playing this year mm-hmm. give us your thoughts on the biggest game of the year for both of these teams. Do you know what? It's great and I suppose like, you know, quite similar to you Martin, I suppose you're down near uh, near the Waterford border. Um, I would have went to college in Waterford so I've, uh, the, you know, some of my closest friends are, are the Black girls to the core and, you know, it's great to see the support that they are getting. It's, it's unreal. Unbelievable. Like and actually so much so that I've seen an article even um, with the uh, Cork Examiner this weekend coming that Matthew Toomey is calling on the Cork people mm. not to get outnumbered by the Waterford people because yeah. he said it in the article that that had actually an effect on Tipperary when it came to the game for the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah. It certainly gave Waterford the boost especially when they went ahead yeah. they were getting great scores. That cheer. You know yourself we've yeah. been in Crow Park when you know field, teams really. need mm-hmm. a boost they need support and and the supporters are always the 16th person that is there for the team. So, yeah. It is. It's 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 going to be, it's a huge occasion, obviously, for Waterford. And, you know, you can see like the whole county is really, really behind them. And I suppose for the first, competing in the in final for the first time in, in 78 years, like, you know, what an achievement for this group of girls. And, you know, they have they have nothing to lose going into this, like because they are going to be like they're going to be underdogs going into this game, and they're probably going to relish in that they opportunity. They can just let the shackles yeah, off, and enjoy and it know, if you can. Exactly, and you know what? I think the fact is as well that they played in Crow Park last year, or yeah, played in Crow Park last year, not are in a semi final. They have that experience of being there on the big day. I do think you're going to see the tumbleweed going down the keys of Waterford on Sunday because I honestly think that there's not going to be anybody left in Waterford. It's going to be the perfect time for the boys um, painting the, the, the rock in Waterford now to paint it black and amber because there's going to be nobody near the place. But I, because I do think like the support has been overwhelming and like even to see, I was looking on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever it was during the weekend they had their open day for training and and the SETU yeah and I I just seen the amount of people that actually went to see them the support that they're getting from local businesses the support that they're getting from ex-county hurlers you even alluded to it last week the amount of ex-county hurlers that were actually in In the semi-final as well like that's just unbelievable. Like, and it's great, and it gives these girls a real sense of pride. And one thing about these these Waterford girls, they're very, very down to earth. I feel like there's no airs or graces. They're doing it for the love of the game. And you know what? They've got every chance. In, they've got every chance of going all the way this weekend. They obviously are going to be up against them from Cork. There's, you know, Cork, I, I, like I've read out already. Cork has been in the the final so many times. Mm-hmm. They they know the. 
they know what's involved yep, you know when it do. comes to it they're going to be now on the, the dressing room number one down by the hill end Waterford is going to be down at the Davin mm. end and the hills or the, the canal end and their yeah. warm up etc so everything is all panned out yeah. for the players etc mm-hmm. Cork have been there before. Yes, yep. Waterford were in the intermediate final. Yeah. But as I said to yeah. Sean, it's completely different yeah. to the inter- and no disrespect to the intermediate. Yeah, but yeah, it, no, I get you. Know, you. It is. There there's mm-hmm. more tension, there's yeah. more hype, there's more it's media com- it's stuff, etc. Correct. That's it's a huge difference coming out from the Hogan stand than it is coming out from the Cusick stand. And I know people might think that's crazy because it's just an upside. It is completely different. There's just something about coming out from coming out from the tunnel under the Hogan stands that literally makes the hair stand on yeah. the back of your neck. It's like it's exhilarating. It's I I don't and know the what it is. You get the call right. So as soon as that knock comes in the door, because yeah. there's a clock inside in the dressing room that counts down for your time to come out onto the pitch, and you literally have that knock on the door. You get yeah. a two minute call. You're geared up. You're ready to go. Mm-hmm. That door opens. You walk out onto the red carpet heading down the tunnel mm-hmm. and the place just opens up in front of you and the next yeah. thing the fanfare comes on and the noise yeah. and is that's unbelievable. It. It's unreal. It's it's an experience for any player yeah. that they will never forget and I, I, you've alluded to this before and other people. I think some people try and channel this out of the way mm. and they don't take in the whole day and the experience around it and you know the RTM band is going to be there you have your parade etc. I think you need to embrace this because there's not too many people. Okay, no. we've been lucky. Yeah. Cork have been lucky. Mm-hmm. Galway have been lucky. Waterford could be lucky. I mean, yeah. they have players good enough now that could be there for a couple of years. But your mm-hmm. first all Ireland, you have to soak it in and yeah. enjoy the surroundings and everything. Now, that's easy for me to say, but yeah. you've said it before um, and somebody else said it before as well. That didn't take they, it, they didn't, didn't take it yeah, in and they can't remember it, it. Yeah, like that's one thing I certainly can't remember. And again, like I'm looking at 2016 when we won when we won the intermediate one, like and it was completely different. Like I suppose to obviously when the senior, obviously the senior girls won that that year as well. But it was one thing for me. It was not taking anything in that was going on around. And I don't know what it is. Like, I'd love to say it was because I was trying to focus on the game, but I don't think I think it was just sheer and utter nerves. And you know, I suppose like when you look at you know. Cork and Waterford Cork are so used to like it's even the simple things like you know marching around after the Arte and Boys band um, the lining up to meet the president or whoever is going to be you know there on the day or whatever may not be poor Michael D because he's still recovering from uh, surgery yeah so like you know it's it, but it's even just that I suppose that moment you know that the shaking of the hands like that can be nerve wracking it's completely different it can be a bit nerve wracking as well and I suppose Cork are probably very much used to this so like it's going to come second nature to them like and and I do think for I do think for Waterford it's going to be very important that they just keep on focusing on the game but you know get to Crow Park in enough time to get out to I suppose get used to the noise that's going to be around the stadium because like it's going to be a lot different from when they were there when they play, when they won the intermediate All It Ireland. is and it's, it's a lot different from UPMC yeah, and Owen Park. It like, is. There were 7,000 there the last day. Yeah. Okay they made great noise but mm. you put I don't know, 15, we'll say 15,000 Waterford Waterford supporters, you have the Cork supporters, everyone is cheering. It's like a cauldron. The sound around it, the volume is unbelievable. We've experienced it down on pitch. It's crazy. But you can't hear anything. Like you can't hear anybody, you can't hear instructions from the line. No, no, no. But you know what I actually think, because it's interesting enough that you say that, so Cork are going to be in dressing room one, so they're going to be, it goes goes alphabetically, so it goes Cork and then Port Laurier, yeah. So, and and Washford are going, I think that's going to stand to Washford because I think, you know, that's because obviously there's going to be nobody in the hill. 
True. So there's going to be nobody up there. And I suppose like in one way you could say like Cork can just focus on their warm or whatever. That's And that's fine. Like they have the experience of being in Crow Park before. But I think Washford are going to need the shouts and the roars from the Washford fans when they're doing their warm up to get them a bit excited about it. Like, like I, I can remember watching the first um, game that Ireland played in the World Cup this year um, when they played Australia and they actually had the cameras going through all the players and they were actually all smiling and laughing because all you could hear, not that they were laughing during the National Anthem, but they were all smiling because it was, it was the excitement because all you could hear was just nearly 70 odd thousand yeah. Irish people around them. And that's what they were getting excited about. And that gave them that bit of confidence. So I actually think Washford, I know, and I know this is only a small thing, but I actually think Washford um, doing the warm up down near that the, the, down near the canal end, I think that's actually going to suit them because I think, you know, the Washford supporters, they're going to be there, they're going to be in their seats and they're going to be revving them on from their warm-up on and I think that's going to that's going to stand to them going into then, you know, the throwing balls. So I think that's really good. I, I would hate to be the opposite way around for Washford having to kind of maybe just staring into an empty hill and, you know, kind of because it, it, it can be a bit eerie to be fair like when you're just staring yeah. into absolutely nothing so I think that that may stand with that, that may stand to them but I suppose like listen when you look at two teams it's going to have to be an awful lot of matchups going on like you know who's going to man Amy O'Connor who's going to man Beth Carton who's going to look after Neve Rocket like Lorraine Bray or Ashling Thompson and Lorraine Bray are they going to have a showdown in midfield you know what's it's it going possible. to be like it's, we don't know I think it's possible like is Ashling Thompson going to start you know, are Washford going to, are Cork going to stick to, you know, because they have a very strong subs bench. Like, and we, we said this the last day in the, in the quarter final, you know, when they're able to bring in the likes of um, Orla Cronin, Laura Hayes, Ashling Thompson to kind of see out the game and finish it off. Like, you know, that's a massive bench. Is Matthew Tumi just going to spring him off from the start and go strong from the start? Because he's not going to want to go down like he did in the semi-final no. against... You Washford because it's it's a different setup. Washford have that extra year experience on them. They've got that they've got a, that extra kind of bit of luck behind them. Do you know what? It's going to be. It Who's certainly going is to going it? to be. A, it's going to be a great game of camogie. And I'm going to actually put my head on the line here. I'm edging Washford on this. I I would love to see Washford win the All Ireland. I think it would be absolutely brilliant for camogie in general. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant for Waterford, obviously, to win in All-Ireland. I think it would be a real kind of um, a Cinderella story for them and I think it would be absolutely brilliant. And I just think Waterford have had an awful lot of hurt throughout the years and I think, I really think now coming into an All-Ireland final and especially against Cork in the manner in which they lost to Cork last year in the semi-final, I think Cork are going, I think Waterford are going to have that extra bit of bite in them and I think they're going to do it. I think I think a lot of people would have nearly expected the winners of Cork Galway were going to win the All-Ireland. I think that may be kind of festered into a lot of players' heads in Cork already. And I know people say, no, no, they don't think about that. But deep down, that could be playing an impact. And I think that's what's going to stand to, to Washford. I think Washford are just about going to do it. I think it's going to be an absolute ding-dong of a game. And I'd love to see Washford do it for, for the sake of Camogie. And you know something? Yeah. For once... You're agreeing with me. I'm not going to disagree. And, and it's not saying I've actually I think, said this for the semi-final yeah. and people can say, why did you go for Waterford? Mm. I, I, as I say, I've seen the Waterford players yeah. week in, week out. I know what those players are capable of. Yeah. And I just had a feeling that, you know, they've been lying in the grass yeah. all year and just progressing slowly enough. And, and nobody's Sean, probably talking about No. Yeah. You know, and Sean Power is 
a masterful tacticianer mm. when it comes to things like this. And I love Matthew. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And I have the greatest of respect for him. And even today, he said, win, lose or draw, he's going to come on the podcast next mm. week as well. You know, and that's the kind of the person that he yeah. is. And I really have great respect for, for Matthew Toomey and for, for Cork. Um, maybe not so in the past with the former management, you mm. know, that was there. But Matthew was a completely different person altogether. Yeah. And I really have the utmost of respect for him. Yeah. But like you, I just think there's a fairy tale story that's yeah, there for yeah for Waterford this year, and they have been building. And for somebody who hasn't been in All Ireland for seventy eight years, mm. the support is there. You know, I know what Shona Corn is like. I've been on the end of her rat on a field if I've given a wrong decision against yeah, her team. Yeah. So I can see the amount that she's going to push those girls forward. She's been in Crow Park with Liz Moore. They've won two All Ireland yeah. club titles up there. You know, she is going to be a pivotal member as much as Sean Power is to get these girls prepared for us and I I don't know I I said it from the word go at the start of the year that if we weren't in it I would love to see Waterford winning the All-Ireland title and I'm certainly I said they'd be Tipperary in the semi-final I'm going to say it as well I think they will be Cork it's only going to be a point or two I think it's going to be like Kenny and Cork I think it's going to be so close yeah I do I think it's going to be so close and I suppose like you look at Cork like they've certainly had the tougher end of the draw they had to beat the reigning All-Ireland champions they then had to go on and beat Galway in a semi-final so they've had the toughest way of kind of going through it and I suppose like you know if you're to say like oh listen they deserve it it doesn't work like that in All-Ireland final the first draw could we? Could we get the yeah. first one in all It's hard final? to know. It's hard to know. It really is. And listen, I, I think, you know, best luck to both teams. Best luck to both teams this weekend. It's certainly going to be an absolute cracker of a game. Best luck to all six teams that are in and all Ireland. You know, Kenny, really, we yeah, would only really love to be there. To yeah, really I th- and, and it's going to, to be... <laughs> And I like obviously it's not nice that we're not there ourselves. Like Kilkenny aren't in an All Ireland final, but it's actually going to be nice for once to actually be a neutral spectator. Yeah, and you know not having to you know, know hold your breath for the last not, fifteen because minutes. Because if Waterford win, I'll probably bloody cry as well as I yeah, always do. I know, but Park, I, like. I I just feel like the last couple of years having to of watching Kilkenny in the All Ireland finals, like I felt like. It's, I, I couldn't really enjoy the game because I was so tense oh, you, at oh, times. Yeah. Uh, you have been. And like, like, and I was, it's nearly frustration that was kind of getting Frank on me. And I like, don't know, Anya was doing the commentary with me live last year and I mean, she <laughs> was standing, she was minutes. standing up and she was literally just staring out onto the field. That's how tense <laughs> she was. And you try and ask her a question and you could see the butt cheeks and they were just <laughs> clenching up and she was almost in spasm. Like, it was that tense. Oh so. God, that's, yeah. That's what an all iron fighting yeah. does to you though. Oh, it does. It's terrible. It's actually, it really, really does. But like, it'll be nice now to just be a neutral spectator and not have to worry and about that. And we might be neutral at all. We would still be like roaring and yeah. shouting. You Listen, know I'd, I'd love, it. I would, I would love to see Washford win. Um, I really would. I think it would be an absolute fairy tale story to happen and it would be great. Well, I'm for half them. a black. Yeah, well. I mean, I, I I technically have water for blood somewhere. Yeah, along me, like, so you know. Um, so you're not a neutral spectator then. Well, technically no, and I mean, my sister does play now in the Waterford yeah. League as well. Like so, you know. Um, Could we see Michelle Quilty doing uh, Michelle Quilty put on a, a blue and white jersey now and appear in Crow Park this weekend? Well, I know Johnny Quilty would certainly love that, but I can't <laughs> see that happening. As the fella says, being there, worn the t-shirts, and I don't think going to go back again. But she's certainly enjoying the the club. Good. Um, That's the main the thing. The club Harlem with yeah. Connie as well they beat um, 
Who did they beat? Uh, God. Oh, and Ryan in the, the league final come back a couple of weeks ago as well. So, yeah, obviously there's other teams that is involved in yeah. Co Park as well. We don't know what the match officials um, who have been announced for this yet. I thought they may have been announced mm. because we don't know whether our own Liz Dempsey is going to be involved in the the official party yeah. as we'll call them as well but whoever the officials are it's a huge occasion for all them as well and we certainly wish them the very best of luck but there's one particular group of people and they are officials and they deserve a huge amount of credit for the amount of work that they do and that is actually the Camogie staff that yeah. is in Crow Park um, and I know they're being led there by Bridget Ryan who is the operations manager um, so to Bridget Siobhan Lizzie Broderick Jill Caroline, Lizzie McGuinness, Michelle Ford. Uh, Sabrina's actually on maternity leave. I know she will be there other than that. Louise Keane and Tracy. And I'm probably going to... Oh, and Shauna as well. I'm probably going to leave out somebody else. But to all of you, I know a lot of you was in Nolan Park uh, the last two weekends with the senior semifinals and the under-16 All-Ireland finals as well. Please take a bow because I know you get abuse. You get an awful lot of criticism. Sometimes it's fair. Sometimes it is completely unjustified as it was two weeks ago um, at the All-Ireland semi-finals. But you always come back and you do so much for the game in the promotion of it um, and to get a day as big as this in Crow Park it is a logistical nightmare as I know. So for ye, enjoy it because your work is put towards this as well. You get the teams there and you have a brilliantly run on the day as well. So from us, all of us here on Come On Kind, take a bow because you do deserve it and you are the people in the background. You're another team as well because you do great work um, and I will praise it when it's necessary. I'll call it out if necessary as well. But um, over the last couple of weeks, uh, I think the whole staff above in Crow Park has been absolutely tremendous um, and well done to each and every one of you. And I know I've been working with Jill and uh, Bridget an awful lot over the last two weeks to get the matches in uh, UPMZ Nolan Park. So I know how much work and how diligent that they are as well. Um, and they, they are a pleasure to deal with. So take about girls and ladies and uh, enjoy the weekend as well. Right, that brings us to the end of this evening. Um, hopefully you enjoy the weekend. If you're going to the match, please be safe. Go early, arrive early. I always say this, why only go for bloody one game? If you're yeah, going to go, go, go and enjoy them. Because you might as well. It's a fantastic occasion. It's a brilliant day out. You haven't... I'd love to see 80,000 people in Crow Park, by the way, but you, mm. you're probably not going to have that. But it is a glorious occasion. Um, and the noise and the whole lot is there is something specular, spectacular to behold. And we're certainly going to uh, to love it and to enjoy it as well. So for myself and Anya, we're nearly finished season four. We're building up Preciously, we're building up to the club championships that will be starting in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but until then, from myself and Anya here on a very late evening because of a match that she did win, so she's happy going home. But for us ourselves, until next week when we will know who is the All Ireland champions, it's a very goodbye from the two of us and have a safe week. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Wise and you know they're going to every ball there. Now, 
This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi.